1: Them. Midday means it's time for For The Record. My name's Maya Billick and I'm joined by Dan Gordon. Hello. It's always a pleasure to be with you on your Wednesday early afternoon, breaking down an album, and this week we have a very special one to Dan. It's The Morning Benders with Big Echo.
2: Yeah, really, really takes me back all the way to high school. He was 10 years old, uh, maybe about a month or so ago, so we thought why not do a little bit of a throwback? to a a San Francisco classic, I would say. Or maybe one of the more underappreciated records to come out during that kind of time period. Because obviously you had, you know, bands like Girls that were absolutely killing it and were definitely the talk of the town in and around that 2009, 2012 period. But I think the Morning Benders definitely need to get a little bit of more love thrown on their name. It's got
1: all the good, like lovely nostalgia feels to it as well
2: yeah I think it's one of those albums for me that it's you, it's like a real timepiece you can throw it on at any mood, any point in your life and it'll definitely take you back to when you first heard it or take you back to some sort of like beachy Bay Area kind of scene Yeah, very very transportive this record
1: So it's their second album in their discography as the Morning Benders, but also their last album as the Morning Benders before they changed their name to Pop, etc.
2: And we're going to get into that a little bit more um, heavily later on in the show. And my thoughts on the, the name change and the sound change, stylistic change. But for the minute, we're talking all about Big Echo, second record from the band, which kind of takes its leanings... Definitely more from their like jangle pop kind of roots, you know. Like they obviously take influence mm. from bands like The Shins and maybe like Spoon when they're at their their less kind of playful, um, experimental side. When they're they're more like straightforward and bands like that. But I think to to just kind of what to label them as one of those bands initially in on their debut record, talking through tin cans, I think would be kind of fair. Mm. Um, because they definitely were mining that sound. Um, not to say that they weren't, you know, unique and distinctive and have have their own kind of voice within that world, but they were definitely a little bit more they were definitely leaning a little bit more on that kind of aesthetic. But I think the, the big kind of change um, on this album is them kind of stepping into somewhat of their own shoes. A big part of that for me is them working with grizzly bear bassist Chris Taylor. Who is a co producer on this album alongside the lead singer of The Morning Benders, Christopher Chu? Um, and he obviously, if you know much about Grizzly Bear, which I'm sure a lot of you do, um, brings his kind of bombastic cha- chamber quarrel pop, um, really, really expansive, kind of over the top sounds to this album, um, which I think really, really helps the band kind of find their feet and give them kind of their own voice and it'd be easier to kind of call this like, you know, a, a grizzly bear knockoff or this, that, I wouldn't and the even other. say that though. But I, I think that that would be selling it like a little bit short because I feel like the songs exist so heavily in their own world and stand up on their own two feet mm. that, uh, to, to call it that is, is like a bit of a disservice to the songs. And yeah, while he does bring, you know, the grizzly bear aesthetic, like he, lets them dip their toes into that world. I don't think that he, you know, makes them like a grizzly bear knockoff or anything.
1: No, I think it's more so that he was able to help the band um, progress in a logical sense, where there was this added piece of maturity um, and it was just understated enough without going over the top or going too far into, like, the Shins world or... Um, grizzly Bear world, and coming off like a knockoff.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I guess you you kind of hear that from the beginnings on the first opening track, "Excuses," where they almost go down this Sergeant Pepper-like uh, wormhole um, with a whole lot of group vocals, lots of guitars, a big sing-along at the end, um, which I think for me is like is a perfect like bridging song from the old Morning Benders to the new Morning Benders on this record.
1: Mm. We've got a special one for you on today's show, so don't go anywhere. We're going to break up into more of the Morning Benders and their album, Big Echo. 2010 favourite from Rough Trade. This next track, Promises on FBI. (laughs)
0: Down, pushing our shoulders into, pulling us to the light, toasting our backs in the sun. Now I'm waiting to hear my next call. We got all pressed against the wall. Now our us a history, we're seeing it all night The balance is still chasing after, just hanging on as we walk by.
2: there you heard the jingle jangle of cold war up the top promises and then wet cement all by the morning benders were listening to their record big echo from 2010 big 10-year throwback here on for the record it's a pleasure to be with you
1: i mean sonically the album is no pun intended obviously but it's big it's choral um you can feel all the sounds not that you wouldn't in any other time when you're listening to music, but you can hear everything in a way that you know that every detail is there for a reason and it's meticulous and I can imagine that producing and putting all these songs together would have been a very um, big labour of love.
2: Yeah, you can tell really tell that they laboured over all of the sounds and I think that that's definitely something that um, Chris, both Chris's mm. would have really, really kind of probably lost sleep over when they were making this record. When you when you hear, you know, a track like um, one that we're going to hear in a second, Hand Me Downs, there's so much going on sonically and there's so much like panning and there's a whole heap of different sounds coming in and out both sides of your ears um, for mm. the whole track. And I think that kind of sonic awareness um, is, is really, really such a big... Um, Touch point of this album, and and like a big um, indicator for me of their growth as bands, you know, because while they were just writing very pleasant indie pop songs, um, there there wasn't a whole heap of substance to them, and, and fine as they were, you, they kind of left you wanting like that little bit more. And I think an album like Big Echo kind of like really scratches that itch.
1: But I think also this kind of music. It is about trying to get, like, really hitting the hammer on the head with the harmony that is just going to be stuck in your head over and over and over. Yeah,
2: totally. Or, you know, and, like, warping a piano melody yeah. or um, making a, a string line sound like it's from the 50s or the 60s, like, or or making these, like, chamber quarrel pop segments, like, right, right in the back so you can barely hear them, but they're there. Like, all these things... Might seem like such minute, small points, but I feel like they all kind of build up to a bigger part of. They all build up to something much greater on this record, and every. Nothing feels. um, Nothing feels out of place.
1: Yeah. um, When we were talking off mic just before, you made a really good point, Dan, that all of the songs have pretty traditional um, structure, but then they. Break away in the middle of a track and move in this really—they warp and change and shift in different ways. Yeah,
2: they—they—they—it's—it's it's almost like look. I don't want to call this psych music because obviously this isn't psych music, <laughs> but they almost go like a little bit psyche or like dream poppy, um, and like show that side of them for just a little bit, just to kind of give you a little bit of a taste. And I think it's—it's it's so refreshing because. Just to like step outside of that normal kind of normal pop song world and then go into something like a little bit more expansive and creative is Mm. is such like a nice breath of fresh air like for a lot of these tracks. And I think it must be so nice for them like having that change up in sound and not like having to rely on the, the one trick that they used to.
1: Well, I guess it's very like Beach Boysy, very California bro. Like. Yeah,
2: well, I don't necessarily know if it's like super California <laughs> bro, but I feel like there is like a little bit of that that beach culture essence thrown into the mix. Um, but like
1: a, a, we never have a bad day weather here. Yeah.
2: And also, like obviously, like I said before, Beatles like Sergeant Pepper era, that whole kind of like big explosion wall of sounds, mm. um, all that kind of like is thrown into a melting pot and really starts the basis for what I feel is the inspiration for this record.
1: Mm. So it's beachy, it's beautiful, it's stunning, it's really pretty music, and that kind of all comes to a head on the album cover. The picture of um, people swimming at a beach with, like, blues and yellows and even hints of green in the sky...
2: Yeah, and I think the the big kind of interesting factor to me about this album cover, and definitely go have a look uh, if you get the chance, is while on the surface it is just an oil painting of people wading into the ocean, I think that that's such a a nice um, metaphor for the band themselves. They're wading into a new musical world that they might be a little bit uncomfortable with, might not know exactly how it's going to pan out, but that's kind of what keeps them going—the the unknown, the interesting. I
1: mean, like it's kind of interesting the fact that the name of the album is called Big Echo, and in part, so much of the sound of the record is about building different textures of of sound and playing on like the uh, tails and effect of them.
2: Yeah, and I definitely think that's calculated by them. And but I and normally, like I, I feel like like it can come across a little bit cheesy, but for some reason, I feel like. For whatever, but for whatever reason, I feel like the morning bend is kind of bypass that, and and it's it's really believable. It's it's not it doesn't come across as as disingenuous. No, not at all. So now we thought it might be a little bit interesting to listen to maybe one of the one of the tracks off their 2008 debut release, "Talking Through Tin Cans." I picked the track "Patience, Patience." You're tuned into for the record here on FBI Radio.
1: FBI Radio 94.5. We kicked it off here on For The Record just now with Patience, Patience, Into Pleasure Size, and then Hand Me Down's three tracks by The Morning Benders. We're going through their album, uh, Big Echo, but we thought it would be nice to take a trip down memory lane to their first album.
2: Yeah, we listened to 2008's Talking Through Tin Cans, the track Patience, Patience, which was, like I said, a nice little jangle pop number. It definitely shows you how far they'd come as a band at this point, moving on into that Big Echo sort of expansive, um, Mm. almost over-the-top sound.
1: Yeah, um, it's very much like we were saying before, if you're a fan of Grizzly Bear, The Shins, that kind of like pre-2010 era of indie You'd be into big echo and it sort of sounds like all of those influences put together but very much built on a bread of um being very california inspired and happiness by the beach side not in a like robotic kind of way at all but just really trying to hone in on the like happiness and as cheesy as it might sound It feels as though they were trying to bottle what going to the beach felt like.
2: Now, in 2012, the band posted up uh, on all their social media platforms a little message saying that they were changing their name. So, you
1: know, faux pas, band changes their name. But I guess you could say it was for good reason. They came to their attention how inappropriate it was to have the word bender um, in a band name. And they aptly changed that since to pop, etc.
2: Yeah, and I was a big fan, still am a big fan, but I was a really big fan of the Morning Benders, so I was eagerly, you know, on the edge of my seat anticipating their next release. So I was kind of crushed. I was like, oh, oh no, they've changed their name. And the, but then I was, part of me was like, oh, but they're, they're still the same band. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they have the same people. It's nothing really has changed aside from their name. Mm. And then I heard the new song and honestly I was like I was pretty let down because it was such a shift in style and it it didn't even sound like The Morning Benders at all it sounded like mm. a completely new band and I think we and it, what you know what's interesting about this this track is we listening to it now 10 years on I think it actually holds up a little bit better than I, than, than I, um, remember. Um, and I, I actually think it suits, you know, in a, a world like 2020 much more than it does, you know, like a 2012 release because it's kind of in that boys to men, um, I would
1: say it's even a bit chairlifty.
2: Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's like takes, takes elements from, like, boy bands, but also elements from, like, Breakbeat and elements from, like, Boom Bat. And then it has, like like you said, like, kind of the pop leanings of something like a chairlift. I don't know, it's, it's, it's definitely was, like, a little bit ahead of its time when they released it in 2012.
1: It's, it's very much a product of its time, you know, like, chairlift was big at this point. Um, little, like, xylo solos were big in indie pop at the time, you know, like, Allies... I think everyone was trying to give it a go. Mm, I
2: I also think that they they saw that this they saw this name change as a, a massive opportunity that yeah. they would probably never again never get again to completely reinvent themselves. So I definitely you know I commend them for that. I think it's like a really brave and and not a lot of bands would kind of have the balls to step outside of their world so heavily for legit what my. Um, concerns were the fear of losing a fan base or you know people just not being that into it and while I do think that that happened to a certain extent with them I feel like that this album does get a little bit more of a hard rap than it deserves so we're going to play a track off the pop etc record just to give you a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about this one is the first song I heard by them it's called live it up
1: you're an fbi daylight right there by the Morning Benders. We're going through Big Echo right here on for the record. Before it, Mason Jar, and we gave you a little taste of what the name change reflected um, with a little piece from the Pop Etc. record, Live It Up.
2: Yeah, a little bit of post Morning Benders action to kind of show you, kind of show you a little bit of where they're at right now and the shift in sound um, post. A big echo.
1: From all day daylight, we've only got two tracks left, so it's time for us to jump out of here and give Maria Dimitrakis a big warm welcome on lunch. She's going to guide you through the rest of your afternoon right up until three o'clock, so don't go anywhere. She's going to treat you like a real gem.
2: If you want to get in touch, for the record, at fbiradio.com is the spot, or if you want to follow us on Instagram, for the record, FM is the handle. So chuck us follow all of that good stuff.
1: Chuck us to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. You can listen back to our last few episodes. Um, last week we went through Yeji's brand new album. Before that, we revisited Flume's debut, which is pretty crazy.
2: But on that note, we're going to get up on out of here. We'll see you next week.
1: I'm going to leave you with stitches and sleeping in by the Morning Benders. You're on FBI Radio. Any 4.5.